I thought you might be interested. I'm always saying something about Wednesday night, how many people are here, and you're looking. I went back the other night and looked just to see last Wednesday night, and uh, it may not mean a lot to the to you, but it means a lot to me that there were, there were 108 on campus last Wednesday night, which, you know, this room never shows that on Wednesday night because we're out there doing age-specific ministry. But the reason that, because I remember uh, my first Sunday as pastor of this church was Easter Sunday. How many of you know that's the high watermark? And there were 63 people on Easter Sunday morning. And last Wednesday night, the first week of school, on a Wednesday night, there were 108 people on a Wednesday night. That may not mean anything to you, but it means a lot to me. It tells me that Mag Church is touching lives. We're going to learn a little bit more about James tonight. James chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. James chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Well, as I do often, I'm going to take that verse 26 of chapter 2 right quick because we covered the principle of faith without works is dead last week, but that last uh, verse of chapter 2 is a mouthful, so I think I ought to say something about it before we move on. It talks about faith without works is dead. We talked about that last week, right? James chapter 2, verse 26, the last says, he's, James makes a stab at telling you how dead that faith is without acting on it. He says, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. How dead is that? Faith without works is as dead as a body without a spirit. That's pretty dead. That's what that, that remains is in the pretty box that they roll to the front of the church or that they cremate. That's, that's how dead faith without works is as a body without spirit. By the spirit, is, pneuma is the word. How, how, how is that? That is that you're a pile of dirt. You're a pile of dirt without it. God found man out of the dust of the earth. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, the pneuma, the spirit of life. And man became a living soul. Job chapter 34 says, God said to Job, if I withdrew my spirit and my breath, that all life would cease and return to the dirt. So when James, James could say a lot in the verse, if you know what he's talking about. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so is faith without works. That is as dead as dead gets. All of creation, if I withdrew my breath and my spirit, all creation would die and return to the dust. You have to read that sometimes and think, wow. Wow. 
Then he continues, and I'm going to tell you, this next little thing in, in James chapter 3, verse 1, I have been all week trying to figure out why he put it here. Now he's got something to say. It's very interesting. And, 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 uh, but between faith without works is dead and then controlling your mouth, I don't know how it fits. I still don't know how it fits. So just hear me on a Wednesday, August 24th, that I don't know. I know who's speaking. I know who's speaking to. I know on either side why. I even know why he says these first few verses, but I don't know why he put it where he put it. It may come to me in a minute. You never know. Because the Spirit has the way of doing that because it's the, the Spirit is the teacher. You know that? The Spirit of God is the teacher. It says, it says that when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. And it says that, he, that it's the Spirit that teaches us the things of God. So it's the Spirit of God that's the teacher to the believer. And, but interestingly, talking about that, the, first, the opening verses of James chapter 1 is talking about teachers. Let's read it. My brothers, be not many masters. Masters means teachers. Be not many masters knowing that we shall receive a greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all, and if any man offend not in word, see, it's one verse. Because immediately, James went from, hey, now there, there, uh, back up to verse one. He spent one verse on my brothers, not many, be not many masters, Knowing that we shall receive a greater condemnation. One verse. Between without, faith without works is as dead as a spirit, body without the spirit. Then he goes straight into talking in verse 2 about running your mouth. Now interesting in verse 1, it's important. Now some things on the surface of it you certainly can see. And one of the things that James is, is writing to a Jewish audience his letter was to a Jew, Jewish audience and uh, on the subject of faith, of course, and other things. But he, there was a, a thing in the Jewish culture where to be called master or rabbi or teacher was a status symbol. It's what everybody uh, aspired to be, be called teacher. And there were a lot of people taking the title of teacher for, for power, for status, to be able to wear the fancier outfit, pride, whatever you want to call it. And there's, there's a little more than translates to English well besides understanding that be not when it says be not many teachers what he he is the root of what he is getting at is you better not claim to be a teacher if you haven't been called to be a teacher because you got to understand the condemnation that you are putting yourself under with God if you make this claim when he hasn't called you to the office Now, yes, there is, he, he is saying that as a teacher, a God-called teacher, that you have a higher responsibility. Somebody say higher responsibility. 
You need to hear yourself say it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. There is a higher responsibility. Man, I wish I could talk to every preacher in the pulpit in America tonight at one time. Say, listen here, you jokers. You you have a higher responsibility. You will have a higher judgment. There is a higher bar set for you. And there's a reason for that. Because the teacher is what propagates right or wrong. How many of you have ever dealt with someone who was taught wrong on anything? Doesn't matter what. When I had restaurants, I always we'd have people turn in applications or resume and they talk to you about all their experience. Well, I can tell you a lot of times and particularly that business that experience is a negative. Because I think they got it all figured out because of where they used to be and where they worked at and how they done it there and no, no two of them are alike. And when you, and when you deal with somebody who has been either taught a different way or taught wrong in that field, it's almost impossible to get it out of them. You're better many times to start with a fresh slate. Teach them your way. Question. It's not. A, it's kind of rhetorical, but a little answer would be okay. And I want you to think about it. It's important. It's interesting. And it's all on this one little verse, and then we're going to move on. Literally going to change gears as quick as we got in it. Because what is it, my brothers, be not, be not many masters or teachers, knowing that we, you notice he uses, he uses the pronoun we, so who's he including? He's including himself. Knowing that we shall receive a greater condemnation. He's saying you better be careful. And if you're not one of them, you ought to get away from it because you're asking for it. And if you are a teacher, if you are called to, how many of you know that there's a five-fold ministry and teacher is one of them? Okay? Evangelist, pastor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Five-fold ministry. Most of the church today is working on two of the five. We're, we're hitting on, we got a, a strange motor because we got a five-cylinder motor and we're, we're only, we only got two, two firing. And really, truthfully, today, we've only, most places, we've been, we've been reduced to teacher. So it's no wonder that we're not as effective as we should have been because we're only operating on a fifth of the five-fold ministry. Hmm. Another story for another day. This is the condemnation that we have, knowing that you shall receive the greater condemnation. So, who, here's the question. Think about it carefully. The apostles have much to say about the false teacher, the false prophet, however you want to call them. Jesus had much to say, much warning 
in the in the gospels about the false teacher the false prophet peter addressed it heavily in his epistle jude's epistle the whole the entire epistle is about that uh, paul addressed it in almost every of of his 13 he addressed it in every epistle and if he wrote hebrews which i think he did and if you didn't think he did it's okay that you're wrong that that they're always addressing the false teacher Nobody's going to go to heaven or hell based on not, Paul wrote Hebrews or not. Just read the book. Which is more dangerous? Which is more dangerous? False doctrine, which Paul wrote twice, that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And he was talking about false doctrine. Which is more dangerous, false doctrine or the false teacher? Which is more dangerous, false doctrine or the false teacher? We know that false doctrine can be deadly. False teacher. The false teacher. This is what James is addressing. The false teacher is the more dangerous because without the false teacher, the false doctrine dies. Without the false teacher, the false doctrine can be propagated. Without the false teacher, the false doctrine can be corrected. So the more dangerous of the pair is the false teacher. And James just, maybe James is like me and had a little touch of ADD. And he just thought he'd stick that in there. I doubt it because the Holy Spirit's the writer. So why did he put it there? It's a strong warning. If I ever make the connection of why that particular spot, I'll let you know. But, but I've said from the beginning, teaching James, that, that James is a whole, a lot, of, a lot of Bible teachers, Bible scholars call James the Proverbs of the New Covenant because, you know, as the Proverbs in, in the, that mostly Solomon wrote, it's rapid fire. You can take it, a lot of them, one verse at a time. They, they stand alone. And that's a lot of the reason that James is called, a lot of writers call him the, Prover, the, the writer of Proverbs of the, New, of the New Testament, the New Covenant, because he does a lot of the same things. He puts a lot of information in five chapters, and it's rapid fire, and he changes subject right in the middle of it, and, and it can stand alone. Chapter 3, verse 1, stands alone. It, stand, it stands true in any context that, brothers, not many are masters, knowing that we shall receive a greater condemnation verses like this and the verses that that are written by the prophet ezekiel concerning the the watchman the teacher the prophet about that that when they're they're given the responsibility of watching and seeing and hearing and if they don't warn if they don't teach if they don't see and hear and, and repeat and tell what they've seen and heard that they are that the blood of the people are on it would be on their hands it says, but, in Ezekiel 37, I believe it is, it says, but if the, if the watchman warns and the people refuse to hear, then he's free of their blood. Ezekiel 37 and James chapter 3, verse 1, I take extremely seriously as someone who stands and speaks on behalf of the living God. Amen. It's why I'm willing to preach anything, anytime, anywhere, to anybody and just let the chips fall where they may because I didn't write the book. He called me to teach the book, to preach the book, 
to propagate the book and to tell what's true because it's the truth that will make you free. And it doesn't matter if you believe the truth or you don't. Well, it matters eternally, but it doesn't matter if you believe the truth or you don't believe the truth. The truth is the truth whether you believe it or not. And the consequences one way or the other will fall through whether you believe it or whether you don't believe it. So there is a, a, a heavy warning in James chapter 3, verse 1, about the teacher and the people that wanted the office for status. That wanted, and, and frankly, I left one. There is another reason why people love the office, uh, any ministry office. Is, there's, there's another reason that I left out, and that reason is control. They, they like to be, they like to manipulate and move people around and, and get what they need and, and benefit. I mean, I, we all know some very, very, very wealthy individuals who got that way from standing in a pulpit. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, that same man is a perfect man and able. Able always means in the New Covenant, and when it's translated from Greek, it always means has the power. The same as a perfect man and is able also to bridle the whole body. If any man offend not in word, the same man is a perfect man and has the power also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths so that they may obey us, and, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which, they, which through the, though they are, be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm wherever the governor or the driver, the captain, wants. Even so... The tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold, I love that word. Behold, what's it mean? Stop and look. Stop and take note. Give it your full attention. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. Mm. So the tongue is among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell for every kind of beast and other birds and the serpents and the things of the sea is tamed and has been tamed of mankind but the tongue no man can tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Just keep reading a minute. Therein, within we bless God, even the Father, and therein curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursings, my brothers, these things ought not to be. Does a fountain send forth the same? Does a fountain send forth the same place sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brothers, 
bear olive berries, either a vine, figs, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you, let him show out of the good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. You know we bit off more than we're ever going to chew. So let's just back up. Go back to verse 2, and we'll go from there. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same man is a perfect man, meaning mature, fully developed, and able or has the power also to bridle the whole body. Then we'll go into the rest. How many of you know that you could start World War III Literally. With your tongue. I think I'm probably the perfect preacher to talk about this. Because I got to tell you. I'm mouthy. I was a wretch. <laughs> I remember who I was. <laughs> My wife's over there saying, what was? You mean am. Well, I, I, I feel pretty safe. Does anybody, would anybody dare think that James was speaking in hyperbolic terms? That he didn't mean, that he was really, that he was really playing it up, the power of the tongue and how uncontrollable it is and the, and the things that can be done with the tongue. I think we all know that, it, that it's not any overstated, that it, that it may even be understated. This little thing that he gave us, unique to all creation. The only thing I've ever read, and you, know, uh, you know, a parrot or uh, some kind of macaw, some kind of parakeet, some kind of whatever, they, they may be able to learn to mimic you and say a word or two, but they don't think, and they're not creating sentences. They have something in their little bird brain that they can, if you repeat it, that they'll learn to say things that you can understand. And I remember one time in, in the Word of God where a donkey talked. Balaam's donkey. By the power of the Holy Spirit. So he's given us unique, something unique to creation. Something that is in his likeness and in his image. It came from him. And that is the ability to communicate with words. When you were a kid, many of you in this room, you're of the age that it would hold true. Some of you may slip in a little under the radar, but not by much. 
You were taught one of the greatest lies in human history that's ever been taught to the world, much less to children. We used to teach it to all the children, and it's, a, and it's one of the greatest lies ever told. Anybody got a guess on that? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words would never hurt me. That is a lie. It's one of the greatest lies, biggest lies ever told. Words can destroy you. Words can cause wars. Words have caused, have caused countless, innumerable numbers of divorces. Words have caused countless homicides, murders. Words have split families, have split churches, have ended friendships. One of the most powerful attributes that God gave mankind in creation was words. You can build up with words. You can burn down with words. If you're a great communicator, chances are you can make a lot of money. It's true. There are a lot of people that the only thing they have is oratory ability. People will mistake the ability to speak well for anointing. That's not anointing. Paul was such a great preacher that people fell out of sleep and killed him. Do y'all know that? Paul would tell you he wasn't, he wasn't the preacher. That Apollos was the speaker. He said, Paul, Paul, was, uh, Paul was worse than your pastor. Paul was preaching till midnight, and the dude was sitting up in the window and fell out the second-story window and killed him dead. And Paul said, Lord, don't, don't leave me now. I've done killed a guy with my preaching. And he went and laid down on him and said, God, you've got you to raise him back from the dead. This is not good for my reputation. I understand what James is writing about here and the power of the tongue. The Word of God says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. It says that any things we offend all, if any man offend not in word, for in many things we offend all. We, he included himself. Every one of us have the capability of destroying with our tongue. And in fact, that is our nature. Ooh. That got quiet real quick. Now, there, you, you know big mouth frogs like me. 
Listen, I have always had a, a quick retort, quick wit. I've told you before, I have never been the guy. How many? Now, no, I don't know. Maybe you can show me. Uh, some, I've heard many people say that they got into a little thing with somebody and, they, and they're on their way home or maybe the next day and they go, oh, boy, if I'd have just thought I'd have said this and I'd have said this and, I, and they, could, they, they, they didn't think of it at the time and they're disappointed but that they didn't think of it at the time. Yeah, not me. I knew exactly what I wanted to say, when I wanted to say it. Usually it was said before I ever thought about it. Required no, required no brain power, just whoop. Either to laugh very quickly or to cut you off at the stump that quick. Power of the tongue. And the word says that we all have offended in our speech. If any man contain, he said, well, he goes, it says, no man, at the end of this, when he describes the power of the tongue, he says, no man can tame their tongue. And I looked up that no man. And, it, and you know what it means? No man. Well, uh, ladies, just so it's not left out. None of mankind can control their tongue. None. And he tells you how big a trouble. You got a, you got a big horse, a little bit will control that horse. Got a big boat, go down to Galveston, see the cruise ships come in. Go, go look at pictures of what's underneath them. It's not a big rudder. You, you, it doesn't take much to steer that big, that big ship. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much to, to speak life. But it takes even less to speak death. There's been more children destroyed by someone's tongue than there ever be, has been with someone's fist. He says, What a fire it kindles! He told us in chapter 1, uh, if you'll remember back a few weeks ago, several weeks ago in chapter 1, he talked about being able to control your tongue. And I said, what a, before we ever get there, James is not contradicting himself. James is talking about in chapter 3, verse 1, or verse 2, he is telling us that in ourself and of ourself, and out of our nature, out of our flesh, out of our out of our our sin nature, out of who we are, unredeemed, that you're you're controlled by your mouth. I, 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 I y'all know that ninety percent of all statistics are made up on the spot. Do y'all know that? 
Did y'all know that? 90% of all statistics are made up on the spot. But this one I feel real safe in, pulling it out of the air. 98% plus of all the trouble that I've ever been in in all of my life from August 12th, 1971 until now. 98% plus, it's probably 99 plus of the trouble I've ever been in, around, caused, been involved with, originated Y'all are laughing at me, but that's your problem too. Why do I, how can I say that? Because the book says it. Our words come from our thoughts. Hello? Do I need to spit and yell? Does that help y'all? I don't always spit and yell on Wednesday night. I can spit and yell if it'll help you. I can even, I've been practicing in the front of the mirror. I can even learn to say, and the Lord said, ha! <laughs> now, there's only about half of you, you know, know what I said about. There was a time on earth whenever you couldn't be a Pentecostal preacher if you couldn't hack between phrases. I thought, now that I thought they needed their adenoids out. trouble these words originate with your thoughts how do I know that they originate in what the Bible calls your heart now there when the Bible talks about your heart it can be one of two words it can either be it can either be uh, your soul or your spirit and you would have to look at what's translated English as heart but it's either it's either psyche which is soul or it's pneuma spirit and your thoughts and your word your words your your words come from your thoughts your thoughts come from your heart and your words reveal oh I don't even want to say this your words reveal what's in your heart Sometimes that's just frustration that's in your heart. Sometimes it's anger in your heart, bitterness in your heart. But I do know this, that this book says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Heart there is going to be psyche. Your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's why your mind has to be renewed. See, your spirit is saved. Your spirit is saved. Your mind has to be renewed. And renewal comes by the word. You, 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 you get a renewed mind. It changes what's in your heart. 
by what's in the Word. Hello? Your Word is a lamp unto my feet, and it's a light unto my path that tells me where to go. Tells me, it tells me how to, how to behave. And it's the Spirit of God. I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm deliberate tonight. See, there's a difference between soul and spirit. They're not the same thing. And the only way, the only way, there's only one way that they can be separated. Now, I've heard a lot of preachers say you can't separate the soul and the spirit. The word does not say that. You can't. But there is a way to separate soul and spirit. What is soul and spirit? Your mind, will, and emotions, and your spirit, which is your higher nature that God deals with. That's why it's called a spiritual, we're spiritual, we're spiritual beings. Your dog doesn't have a spirit. Your cat doesn't have a spirit. Your spirit is unique to mankind because it comes from the breath of God. Numa. The word of God is living quick and powerful. It's quick and powerful. It's living and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even what is? What pierces even? The word of God. Piercing even to the dividing of the joints and the marrow. The soul and the spirit. And as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. What is the Word? It's the Word of God and only the Word of God that can separate soul and body. If it comes from your mind or your spirit. It is, it is why unredeemed man, it is why James is telling you that no man can tame their tongue. How long do I have to tie this in a bow? Say, well, what are we to do? We are to make Jesus our Lord. Step one. Oh, I might as well throw this in there. You know, one of the biggest problems we have in America today is we're trying to disciple the unredeemed. You can't disciple the unredeemed. It's not possible. We are literally trying to disciple people who have never been saved. It doesn't work that way. So you get saved, born again, make Jesus your Lord and your Savior. Not just fire insurance, He's your Lord. Then you get full of the living Word Which is Jesus? Can't separate the word from Jesus. How many of you know where you find that at? John 1, 1. You cannot separate Jesus from the word or the word from Jesus. They are one and the same. The, words of Je- the word of Jesus is not, from, is not in red in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The word of Jesus is Genesis 1 and 1 to Revelation 22, 21. It's all, it's all him. 
It's, it's all him. It's the reason that this doesn't tell all about Lucifer's fall. It's the reason it doesn't tell all about the angelic host and all about demonology and all about this and all about that because this is not the story. This is not the words of Satan, demons, angels, every answer to every question you've ever wanted about all of that stuff that God didn't elaborate on. This is the story and the account and the life of Jesus Christ. Amen. This is him. And so when you're born again, the Spirit of God takes up residence in you. And your spirit is saved. How do I know that? So do I, really do I need to spit and yell? The Word of God tells you that when you get saved, that His Spirit bears witness with my spirit, our spirit, that I'm a child of God. So what needs to happen then is this is where everything changes. No man can tame the tongue, but you better control your tongue. Are y'all hearing me? Because if you don't understand, this is good teaching. This is solid as a rock. This is, you can stand on it. You can learn something. This, in fact, you better. He gave, it, he gave us this so we can understand something. Otherwise, you're going to think, he's told me, he's commanded me. Back row, all the way across. He has commanded me to speak the words of life. He has commanded me to control my mouth. He has commanded, but then he tells me that no man can do it. Which is it? Then I'm telling you that your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, has, your spirit gets saved, but your mind has to be renewed. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, Romans 12 and 1, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to him, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. Your mind has to be renewed. Your spirit is saved. Your mind has to be renewed. It comes by the word. It's the reason, and it's the reason the word says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I can do a heart check by what comes out of my mouth. Somebody hear me? Because I will freely admit to you, do it often. That the preacher's no different than anybody else. If, 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 I, if, if, if my focus has been on the cares of the day and the cares of the week, and it's run, 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 no rest, no devotion, no prayer, then what's going to come out of my mouth is going to manifest that. Because when, it, when, it, when the abundance of my heart becomes frustration, frustration is going to come out of my mouth. That's why I wonder about people that can call him Lord and they still cuss like a sailor. 
Hey, you should see those shirts. It says, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. Mm. Well, I, 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 y'all know, I've got to be careful because I, I, I don't want to be... An, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? I understand that people have different weaknesses from different person to person that what may be a problem for you might have not ever been a problem for somebody else and, then, and, and frustrations that things... But in general, let me help you with something. Under the abundance of the uh, heart, the mouth speaks. And general, generally speaking, what is in you is what's going to come out. Don't be telling my examples. <laughs> Y'all you know, you know about ketchup packets? Y'all you know what I'm talking about? A little PC ketchup? what they call them when you order them for a restaurant. You know what I'm talking It's some things that drive you nuts when you need a bunch of, that's why I don't like ketchup, one of the reasons. It's not a problem. I don't have to open 47,000 packet ketchup packets in the car or at McDonald's. Why? Yeah. Right, it doesn't do no good to talk about an example if you don't know what I'm talking about. You know what a ketchup packet is? Yeah. Anybody ever stepped on one? What do they do? They go, You ever, you ever put one down on the ground and just put your foot on it? And applied pressure and applied pressure. And, you know, it pushes to one end and swells up and swells. You know, that's kind of like life. Swells up and swells up. And eventually it goes. <laughs> and you know what comes out of that packet? Whatever was in it. If it was a ketchup packet, ketchup comes out. If it was a mustard packet, mustard comes out. You're not going to step on a ketchup packet and get mustard. Whatever was in it's coming out under pressure. Oh. Mm. When you get squeezed. Oh, I just got to tell you, I'm just coming to tell you. I'm, I, I'm pre the preacher's preaching to the preacher because, I mean, Lord knows. I even posted it on Facebook. Yesterday was a bad day for me, man. I messed it up. I am, I am so thankful, so thankful that Jeremiah wrote in Lamentations chapter 3 that it's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. Because I'd have been smoked yesterday. Poof! You too, some of you. So the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. Why? Because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Sometimes I'm looking for midnight. In the dark of the midnight, have I all hit my face? <laughs> yeah. Some of y'all need to update your music portfolio. I know good stuff. While the storms howled above me. Yeah. There's no hiding place. Yeah. Mid the clash of the thunder. Precious Lord, hear my cry. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. <laughs> oh, sometimes I'm looking for 1201. Why? Because I know I blew it, and I know I need fresh mercies for the day. Yeah, all have offended with this thing. What comes out under pressure. So what to do? What to do? 
Control your mouth. No man can tame the tongue. And James is right. He said this thing, he said it's a, it's a full of, it's a kindled fire and full of deadly poison. No man can tame their tongue. Galatians chapter 5 will help you. Because what did I say got saved? What gets saved? Spirit. And his spirit bears witness with my spirit. Who's his spirit? That's the Holy Spirit. It's my spirit. Well, it's my spirit. It's the part of me that communes with God. What was meant to be our highest nature. It's what fell in the fall. No man can tame your tongue. Your soul, you don't, you don't have enough willpower to control your mouth? Some of you are thinking, thank God, letting me off the hook. Well, here, oh, I got to hurry because I got to, I got to really take care of some stuff. Because some people say, preacher, I just can't help myself. I mean, I love Jesus, but I, I just can't help myself. Now, I'm talking about me. Just helping you out. I, I, it's an established fact that, that I can... I told you my daddy used to tell me I, I had to quit letting my... Had to quit letting my my mouth write checks that my backside couldn't cash. My papa said, "Boy, you gotta let that tadpole. You're gonna let the, the alligator mouth oversell your tadpole, honey." I'm, I can tell there's a language barrier from Arkansas to South Texas sometimes. Y'all mostly understand it. Usually don't need it. Now, y'all may need some real help. Anytime that you... <laughs> y'all, I forgot that... If you, have any, <laughs> if you have any questions, see me after class. <laughs> I'll, I'll interpret for you. Anybody? Oh. Heather speaks Yankee. And she's living with me. Am I in trouble? <laughs> Preacher, I just can't help myself. I've been this way all my life. Me too. Me too. I was born this way. Me too. I come from a long line of big man. just runs in my family. Mine too. Or we can even get down. It's just the culture I was raised in. Me too. None of that matters. None of it is an excuse. It's a universal problem to everybody. You're no different. Or you're, you're no different than anybody else. Some of you are quieter than others. Boy, it's them quiet ones. Or them quiet ones can get you. You ever been got by a quiet one? See, me and you, you see it's coming, and, and you can dodge a dip and duck, and you might survive it. Them quiet ones, you, they, they'll suck you in, and they, they've killed you before you even know what happened. 
Never saw it coming. I ain't looking around at no white people. And none of that, none of that is an excuse. None of it. Because what he is telling you is that, that you're never going to have enough willpower. This is your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. You're never going to have enough willpower. You're, ne- you're never going to be able to turn over enough leaves. Now, New Year's resolution isn't going to help you. Hello? When the wind blows the other direction, it's going to blow it right back over. Your resolution is going to be over by January 3rd. I wish I could sell resolutions, spiritual resolutions, like the gym sells memberships the first of the year. But that's probably money changing and probably need to leave that alone. We could raise some money, though. I don't need no, no resolutions going to help you. None of them. Not even that lose weight one in January. It's not. Because our soul doesn't have that kind of power. Paul said, my mind is willing. <laughs> my, you know, my, my flesh is weak. I want to control my mouth, but I just can't. You're right, you can't. But you can renew your mind, and when you renew your mind, there's only one way to renew your mind, and that's in the Word of God. There's only one way to commune with God, and that's in prayer. If you'll develop a prayer life, and you'll get in the Word of God, you, and you'll start replacing what's in your packet when you get under pressure, speaking to me too, when you get under pressure, what blows out will be love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Well, some of you have suffered a long time with, but that's not what that means. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. That's a King James word. You know what it means if you translate it to today's language? Self-control. You can't. You can't. He can. When you start, see, that's why he says, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because I'm going to tell you, lust means strong desire. The strong desire of my flesh sometimes is to tell you flat off. And I'm going I gotta hurry because it's 821 and it's just now time for them to be getting out and I can't keep you too long because it's school night and it's a fine balance. But I'm gonna tell you, you're fl- I, I would be lying to you and you would be lying to me if you couldn't admit it. Sometimes there's nothing that feels better to my flesh than to flat out tell you off. Let me say it in a different way so you'll understand so you'll know that nobody's making it up. When I say, they are going to get a piece of my mind. Somebody's giving away too much. I'm going to give them. Maybe you ought to charge for it because you're going to need some more later. Are y'all hearing me? Walk in the spirit. You'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I'm not, I'm not going to stand up here and lie to you. And I don't need you to, in, the, in a public setting, Acknowledge it to me, but you better acknowledge it to yourself that 
you're the same way, that there's sometimes that there's nothing that's more satisfying to your carnal nature than to say exactly what you said. Maybe it was to your spouse. Because, man, we will cut the people we love the most the deepest. Yeah? Why? Because we mostly think they're going to stand around and take it. Because you wanted to. Or because, and then sometimes it's not even because you wanted to. I'm losing you, so come back. It's, it's important. It's not always because you wanted to. It's because of what was in you. I, 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 I make grand admissions sometimes. It's not false humility. It's not even humility. It's just the truth because I want you to relate it. So I'm willing to just say things about myself so you can relate it. One of the surest signs that I've been, t- that I've been too long without being in that book and I've been too long because I would love to tell you that you can set your clock by my prayer life and by my, my Bible study life because I'm a preacher and, those, those, and I push it on you and yes I do pray and yes I consistently yes I am in this word I got to preach three times a week you got to pick the book up sometime but I can tell you when my devotional life slips because because devotional life is not sermon preparation. Devotional life is not sermon preparation. When my devotional life slips, my mouth shows it. I get short. I don't mean, sorry, Brandon. Oh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't mean short. Oh, I'm in trouble. Uh, the abundance of the heart and mouth speaks. Apparently, I've had a bowl full of sass and razor blades this morning. <laughs> Sorry. Do what? More devotions. <laughs> <laughs> when I get a little ill-tempered, when I get a little curt, maybe is the better word. Sound, that's better than short, right? Y'all ought to laugh a little. <laughs> Spoonful of sugar. Thank you, Brandon. Spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. He said, I wish you'd serve it out of a different sugar bowl. <laughs> Are you hearing me? We got the ability to, James is telling us, every single one of us, that we got the ability to burn it down. With this little member. And that no man has the ability to control it. But when you're his... You renew your mind. Walk within the Spirit. That's your higher nature. That this fruit of the Spirit is what will... We're supposed... 
We're all about the gifts of the Spirit in the, in the full gospel church. But I'm going to tell you, God doesn't care about your gifts if you don't bear his fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And everything flows out of love. I'm convinced of that, by the way. You're not going to have joy if you don't have love. You're not going to have peace if you don't have love. You're not going to have faith if you don't have love. You're not going to have self-control if you don't have love. How do I know that? Because Paul told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I can have, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, tongues, my words, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and I have not love, that I am nothing. If I give everything I have to the poor, offer my body to be burned, and I don't have love, that I am a sounding gong, and that I am a tinkling cymbal. He tells us in, first, in chapter 13, verse 8, that love never fails. And he tells us that, that these three remain, faith, hope, and love, and to pursue love. The fruit of the Spirit is the love of God flowing through us, and when you have the love of God flowing through your spirit, the, the result will be joy, peace, long-suffering, self-control, faith, etc., etc. No man can tame the tongue, but the spirit. But when you walk, when the spirit, when you when you when you feed the spirit, when you, when you, when what's in you becomes about the spirit, then what comes out of you will be about the spirit. And I remind you one more thing, and then we're closing. It says that God has not given us the spirit. See, it's all about spirit. We're spirit to spirit. You hear me? God has not given us a spirit of fear. His spirit. He's, his, the spirit that he's given us is his spirit. The spirit of, his spirit is not a spirit of fear. He said, but he's given us. He's given it to you. Are you hearing me? Don't check out. He's given us something. Because I can't control my tongue. But he's given me something, Sister Becky. And it's not a spirit of fear, but it's a spirit of power. That's ability. Hello, he's given me a spirit of power. That's ability. Dunamis. Able and power are both dunamis. Same word. He has given me a spirit. The Holy Spirit has given me a spirit of ability, a spirit of love, because that's his fruit. And King James says a sound mind. Some of y'all think that means it's not, it means you're not crazy. No, it means self-control. He's given me a spirit of power, ability, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-control. I don't have it. No man can do it. He's given it to me. It's the fruit. It's the outflow. It's the produce of his spirit in me. Whatsoever a man sows. See, all this word works together. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If I'm, if, if I'm full of strawberries, <laughs> you're not going to get peaches. Amen? Got to go. It's past time. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the teacher that helps the teacher. Lord, I pray tonight that your words have found residence in, in our spirit tonight. Lord, I pray that we leave knowing more than we knew when we got here. But more than head knowledge, Lord, I pray that your word is transforming to the life and hearts of your people. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. See you Sunday morning. Love you.